Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing ass says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello, and happy Thursday. Hope that you are happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are today. Whew. I, man, uh, if you're catching up on the news today, you know, the uh, judge in Donald Trump's case in New York, uh, where, uh, you know, the he's already guilty. They've already decided that he uh, lied about the estimates of his properties in order to get loans. And I didn't realize that uh, he's done it. I mean, of course, we know he's done it over and over again, but they can't go back to the 80s and 90s where he lost when he was given massive amounts of money by financial institutions uh, and they lost the money. They had to cover. They had to, they had to eat that loss. Uh, they can't go back and, and prosecute for that. And, I'm, and, and again, this is I was on the way here talking about this on my Instagram account. Please uh, follow the Patty V Show, Patty Vasquez Show on Instagram. I'm tr- I'm starting uh, just you know, a little conversation on the way to the station to let people know what we're talking about, what's coming up on the show, and let people know that we're here. I've found so many folks who uh, uh, have sent me messages on Facebook and other social media saying I didn't know you were on the air. So we're trying to get the word out. And I know a few months ago when we were doing uh, First Timer Friday, a few folks had called in. One young woman who is a social worker uh, called in and told us that uh, one of the clients that she works with recommended the show and she's now listened to the show. So please let people that you know who maybe, uh, even if they, they don't agree with you, you're like, you know, tune into this. Just get a, a, another, not just my show, obviously, Jonas Pazito, Tom Hartman, Santita Jackson, uh, Stephanie Miller. We have uh, Mike Crute and the Devil's Advocates. Always great to hear from uh, our friends in Wisconsin. And uh, of course, Matt McNeil broadcasting out of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Paul. But uh, let people know that this is a place where we can have these conversations and that I do uh, talk to folks who I disagree with. And uh, it doesn't always go very smoothly, but I'm, I'm here for it. And uh, by the way, the number is 773-763-9278. Uh, but I was watching, uh, uh, I was telling the uh, our friends on Instagram about how, uh, you know, the uber wealthy are so, uh, in, so beautifully in there for their position. They're so well positioned to protect everything they have. Like the more you have, the more you get to have. And the less you have, the less you can keep. For example, I I had a uh, bank account and I'm not going to say which bank. It just, it rhymes with Mace. And uh, a few years ago, I, I, I got a I got a bank notice that said uh, $4.99. Fine, right? That's that's the way I see anything that's being taken out of my account that I didn't buy something with. Uh, it was about $5. And I went into the bank and I said, why are you charging me this fine? And they said, it's not a fine. It's a fee. And I said, okay, uh, it feels like a fine. And they said, well, it's a fee. And I said, well, why are you charging me? this fine fee. And they said it was because I was not putting in and taking out enough money. But that's that's what I do with a bank account sometimes. I, I keep money there. So partly so I don't touch it and hopefully I'll put some in, but I, I don't always have enough money to put into that account. And then they said, well, you know, we'll waive that fee if you put $15,000 in your account. <laughs> what? I don't, how, 
Uh, no, I don't. If I had look, if I had fifteen thousand dollars to just drop into this account, I would be taking money out and putting money in all the time. I, w- I would just stand. And I said, can I just stand here and do five transactions with you and make that count towards this month? So I, uh, I, I just billionaires are able and corporations are able to put shelters over there. It's literally shelters, tax shelters. Uh, they can put money in offshore accounts. They have legions of lawyers that can find all the loopholes. They can write everything off as a tax cut. Don't eat, that's so many things there. But again, so so Trump has been getting away with this for decades, which we all kind of knew and suspected. And uh, and nobody did anything about it because he had that wall of protection. And perhaps I know it's been, this has been said many times. I think the, the worst thing that and he probably thinks the worst thing he's done was one for president. Or maybe not, because, man, I just that ego. So crazy. So he's in court. He wanted to give a final statement. And the judge said, "Okay, if you want to do that, you got to sign this this uh, this contract, this agreement that you will not say anything that has nothing to do with this case. And he couldn't sign it and he wouldn't sign it. So, again, today, his lawyers appealed to the judge, the judge who, by the way, this morning had a bomb threat at his house. And the, the lawyers appealed to the judge and said, hey, can he say a few words? And apparently the judge the judge said and, and asked for a verbal, a verbal agreement that he would not stray from the issue of his court of his courtroom trial and he couldn't do it. And I, I I heard that it was like five minutes. Why would you let him say yes or no? That's all you that's all you let him say. But because his followers are all wing nuts and already sent a, a bomb threat to the judge, he let him talk for five and finally sh- shut off his mic. So, of course, Donald Trump walked outside to the press. This is all fraudulent. This is all fake. Ugh. I will say, uh, before I left the house, I, I felt a little bit of, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say hopefulness or optimism, but just a little bit better about uh, the energy coming out of the first Republican caucus in, in Iowa. Several voters were interviewed, and I saw interviews yesterday with more people than I've ever, usually you get all the, you know, well, I'm, I'm voting for Trump because I want to bring slavery back. It wasn't that bad. I mean, they don't say that, but it seems implied by their language. Uh, and the Holocaust didn't happen. But anyway, so uh, there were a lot of voters who I've seen interviewed. I've seen over a dozen uh, Republicans who've been interviewed saying that they will not be voting for Trump. So I wonder how those polling numbers, I, it would be so wonderful. How delicious would it be if he did not come in first place in Iowa? I, I doubt it because uh, what a crap show between DeSantis and Haley last night. And then Chris Christie uh, you know, dropping out of the race and then saying Haley doesn't have what it takes. You know, she's going to she's going to fail miserably. But at any rate, those are just some of the things that uh, are on my mind today. I uh, want to find out what's on your mind. Seven, seven, three, seven, six, three, nine, two, seven, eight. Of course, we still have a looming government shutdown because uh, Marjorie Trailer Green says that we're we're thirty four trillion dollars in debt. We have to cut back or. Or perhaps we revoke those tax breaks we gave to billionaires and corporations. The temporary ones for working class Americans have already expired, but not for the uber wealthy. Maybe. Is it? Saying, hey, Dave, what's on your mind in Hoffman Estates? Hey, Patty. Yeah, when you mentioned like that story about with the uh, that judge with the bombing and threat there. Yeah. Remember what that, that moron also said, too? Like if he loses the election that it, it's kind of like <laughs> when he first told them, you know, proud boys, you know, stand by, stand down. Right. But then he said that the nationwide, that, that, you know, 
he was already sending up the clarion there that, you know, if he was, you know, then it's going to, you know, they're going to take off on that then, you know? Yeah. But uh, I was a little bit more thoughts on that with uh, Secretary of Defense when he's kind of derelict and letting the uh, that president know right away and uh, or the, and his underlings, you know, supposedly it's a couple of days or whatever. Even, you know, I got to thinking, even like when any of the presidents, doesn't matter what party, when they go for them physicals and uh, and especially like uh, they in the, the the colonoscopies and stuff like that on their physicals, they they swear in the VP, you know, that's for whatever a couple hours or whatever that right. they're in they're in command, you know, that and it's been notified, you know. And I got to thinking that um that you know, if when the like with the colonoscopies and after these presidents, do they got somebody in there that's got high security clearance too? Because like when the president's under, you know, with all of the top secret stuff that they know that if they ain't babbling something out, they ain't supposed to. And I got to thinking, you know, Secretary of Defense Austin, he would know the same stuff pretty much that the presidents would know. And when he went for that, I wonder if they had anybody with a top security clearance in there when he was getting his surgery. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'm not familiar with the protocol and the overlapping responsibilities at that top, that top level uh, no. of the administration. I Me neither too much, but I know, you know, they've had in the past, you know, like if, you know, that uh, while they're under gas, they don't want them <laughs> spitting some out. But uh, it just, you know, kind of spit on that idea, you know, that... Uh, and um, and even like well, like with the uh, State of the Union, they have sure. some cabinet members, the designated survivor. I know there's a whole you series know. on it. The uh, yeah. what's his name? Kiefer Sutherland is the designated survivor. I believe that's okay. still running but on they, Netflix. They pick some, yeah. They, well, I mean, in real life, but they pick some cabinet member. You know uh, that you know that you stay back. You know when when they, they go for the. State of the Union address, you know, like if something, you know, if it, if it were to get hit by a bomb or something, you know, like that, that, uh, you know, that you'd still have so to continue the government, you know? Right. Yeah. No idea. It seems, well, look, there was already a failure to communicate properly and yeah. uh, go along the chain of command. So it seems like uh, the whole thing unraveled pretty quickly and unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, that was just, like I said, just kind of spitballing them thoughts, you know, that yep. it, you know, for a military man, I, I would have thought, like we said before, he would have known that chain works both ways, you know, and uh, I don't think he would have took it very good if uh, his, uh, his boss or somebody didn't keep him informed on something, you know, so, and, yep. well, you know, yep. um, All right. I, hey, Patty, with that storm coming up. What is it? About every 10 years we get some good storm coming? <laughs> this this one they're calling the bomb cyclone winter storm, oh. which I think is a bit aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone needs to have those words put together. Yeah. It's a we're not going to get dumped on. We're not going to get dumped on like that. The one in 2013, but, the, you know, well, half as much. But still, like you say, the bomb cyclone and that. And, yep. I got, and, and I, I'll close I, you with. Yeah, go oh, ahead. You got to go? Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, right. Have a good one. I, I said to make sure I get Be Jim well. here because I got guests coming up. Thanks so much. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind? Before we head to the break, what are you thinking about today? Uh, please? Yes. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Joan had an optimistic note today. They said a couple of pollsters and some uh, quasi-intellectuals, wherever they are, said that Biden is at the floor going up mm-hmm. and Trump is at the at the ceiling coming down. That makes sense. So over, yep. yeah, so over the 290 days, I think that uh, that was an optimistic note. I like it. Yeah, uh, that's it. You're going to the press. That's my biggie, that's my biggie for today. I like that's my biggie. Thank, I, good, thank you. Thank you. I like too. that optimism. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Jim. It's a good point to make. When we come back, we're going to check in with comedian Tom Clark, and he'll be headlining at the Zanies Rosemont this weekend. So we'll check in with Tom Clark in just a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. And thank you to our sponsors, Monaco Brewing Company. We're going to check up a check. Check in with Kirk Banks said coming up at six o'clock and uh, find out what all the great work he's doing, whether it's brewing or fighting the powers of be in Wisconsin, uh, helping flip Wisconsin blue. We also want to check in, uh, say hello to our friends and uh, our sponsors, the uh, wonderful organization Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and support their mission to help children live happy, healthy, safe lives. And hello to Warren Price, who I'm guessing is going to be a little bit busy over at European U.S. Collision Repair Center, a division of Technocraft. Uh, it's going to be busy for them over there so make sure you keep his information in your car it's europeanus.com and uh, you know you want to give him a call if something goes wrong with your car more in a moment on wcpt 820 heartland signal Tune in to Real Estate Radio, Saturdays at 9 a.m., hosted by the real estate therapist, Larry Shackman, a top-producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com. Top-performing agents for 2% commission, saving you thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Real Estate Radio, the ultimate real estate radio experience. Get insider tips from experts throughout the real estate industry. Streaming live on Facebook at WCPT 820. Trusted Agent USA, Illinois, license number 475-145-795. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I'm excited. I, I was going to jump on the phone and say hi off the air, but I figured, you know, I just figured it would be nice for us to connect after all these years uh, in, live here right now. Tom Clark joins us on the line. He is headlining at the Zanies in Rosemont, and we've known each other for, I don't know, just a couple, two, three years. Is that about right, Tom? Yeah, I think from the day I started, I knew you. And which was like what, Holiday Inn in Waukesha. Was it Waukesha? Was it the bowling alley? No, it was a, it was a Holiday Inn Lounge in Waukesha. Oh my God, I uh, I'm so happy to know that you're in town, and I'm sorry we couldn't get you in the studio. But maybe uh, you're in, are you in the area for a few weeks, or are you in and out? I'm going in and out, yeah, okay. but uh, I'm going to be back up in uh, Wisconsin a couple. In February, I'll be up there, and uh, February 1st and 2nd, and then the 5th, 6th, 16th and 17th, yeah. Excellent. Well, this weekend you're at the Zanies in Rosemont. Uh, have you had a chance to perform at this club several times? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been coming here. I don't know how long, but, uh, yeah, I, I love I love coming out here. I miss all the old clubs at St. Charles Zanies. Yeah. I miss that one. Yeah. <laughs> the old doesn't run. <laughs> I know. The, it's burned down it. now. I don't know if it was for insurance purposes, but the, the building is gone. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds about right. Yeah. It does. Um, you and I were tweeting a little bit last night. Uh, I, I, it, I'm, I was up really late last night just so angry and hurt about this new AI comedy special that, that they've released with George Carlin. Um, and I just I can't. What are your what was the first thing you thought when you saw that? 
Yeah, I, I don't know how it's legal. I don't even know right. how you get uh, can just program somebody's comedy into uh, into an AI chat and uh, make a special. It seems insulting. And, uh, I mean, that's the problem with stand-up comedy, right, is there's really no legalities as far as people taking jokes or taking material and, and repurposing it for whatever they want. Yeah. It's a, it's really unconscionable. I, uh, it's been a weird couple weeks for comics. Uh, we had Cat Williams last week. Uh, well, <laughs> I think Abby Sanchez said, uh, you know, last week, uh, comedy giveth and this week comedy taketh. And, uh, it does kind of feel uh-huh. that way. Cause, you know, Cat was talking dirt. I, I just, and look, I, I, now that we're on social media, you and I know back in the nineties, you know, we had our, there were clicks and there were people that gossiped about each other and said nasty things. Uh-huh. And sometimes it would, you know, I, I mean, I've saw a couple comics yelling at each other and it was mine was uh, I think it was Owen Smith and Dobie Maxwell yelling across the room at each other about material, you know moments like that. <laughs> Just- oh, I remember, I remember it was these two comics and I don't I won't I don't know who they were, but anyways they're arguing about the their dodgeball bits, and I think it was like. It was Jimmy Pardo or somebody. It's like, look, nobody's going to make it here based on their dodgeball bit. Let's all relax. Oh, my God. Tom, that's the thing. <laughs> Owen and Doby, I'm pretty sure it was the two of them and, and, you know, whatever. But I think it was a big wheel bit about having the boop, boop, boop. On your- <laughs> I, love, I love that yours is about dodgeball. Like, here's grown men mad at other comics about their childhood bits. I mean, I guess I, that's Gen X for you, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's so funny. It's like when you you're upset, like, oh man, Knuckleheads hasn't paid me yet. Yeah. And it's like you're dealing with a business called Knuckleheads. <laughs> so weird. It's such a weird career. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I so now it's just weird. I mean, Cat doesn't. I, I guess it's to he caused controversy. Now everyone wants to click on it. I mean, it's one way to get people to watch your special. Is the only thing I can think of really. Well, I love. I do love Cat. I mean, he's he's crazy. Didn't he fight like a sixth grader or something? <laughs> sixth grader beat him up or something. Like, but I performed with him. I think we were auditioning for uh, Montreal for just for laughs. And I remember he performed. And when he came into the club, he's all dressed up like he does. And then he had a briefcase handcuffed to his <laughs> wrist. And then he went up on stage, unhand. You know, oh my God. never made any mention. Just took it, put it on the stool, finished his set. Handcuffed the, the briefcase to his wrist and then left the club. Oh my god! That's how you get a booking. It is. It is. I, and I will say, I, I have stayed out of all of these arguments, uh, you know, because I have worked with Cat and he was very, he was very nice to me. But I'm not going to speak for other comics who maybe haven't had the same experience. Um, but it, I, he doesn't need me to like stand up and defend him. He's fine. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, he yeah he doesn't care. He, I mean, he's just speaking his mind. He's got nothing to lose. I no. mean, that's that's the most dangerous comedian of all. Is a yes. comedian who has nothing to lose. Yeah, that's true. Uh, although somebody who did uh, I, okay, so this is tough for me. The Joe Coy uh, hosting uh, the Golden Globes because I, mm-hmm. I think you and I and and comics that we've worked with who have done as you mentioned, you know, the dance floor at a Holiday Inn or a bowling alley and you know Saga Tuck or wherever I was, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm on the pick, back of a pickup truck in the middle of a farm, uh, you know, we've we've had we've had hell gigs, and I could mm-hmm. see it. Could you did you see that? Did you watch? it by the way did you watch his set yeah i watched it i, I said it, i tweeted out that it, it was like watching a uh, televised corporate gig <laughs> exactly yes it was just so brutal because oh, you could see it you, um, you could you could see so many of the things that we try to let go of which is commenting on how the audience is reacting 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like, oh, you didn't like that. You know, oh, you don't get it. Like you know, the all the stock <laughs> lines. Like, I'm surprised he didn't say you'll get it on the way home. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you'll be laughing later. <laughs> right. Thanks for giving me a quiet place to work out my material. Yeah. yeah. Yes. One of those. But but my problem wasn't as much with Joe. My biggest problem with him was just one thing, which I mean, the the ticks not notwithstanding and the performance, but throwing his writers on the bus really ticked me off. That was that was mm-hmm. the one thing I didn't like. But I think the Golden Globes, they it's, it, they always have picked with it amongst themselves, meaning, you know, there's somebody pointed out you can't punch down when you're beneath everybody in the room. Right. Like, they. yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, it's always been yeah, somebody. Yeah. You got to have a relationship with the room in that scenario. Like it's one thing when we do corporate gigs because right. we don't have a relationship with that room, but it's another thing when you're performing in celebrities and it's televised and it's like you really got to take all that into consideration. It's like, well, why is everyone turning this down? And uh, <laughs> and then figure out. I mean, people turn down the Oscars, right? Because yeah. it's just such a lose lose scenario. Um, they should, I mean, they should really just give it to some hungry comic and, <laughs> and just see what happens. That's what they should do is like have like some of the, the clubs across the country send their, their top headliner and just like rotate them through. Right. Then, then yeah. Not... Like funny business. Yeah. Funny business should book it. Yeah. yeah. Zanies. Yeah. <laughs> Zanies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Just in addition to your, then Sunday night, you're going to be at the Oscars after the weekend. Now, Rosemont. <laughs> well, to that though, I mean, I, that's what our careers are like. You can have one night where if, you know, whether you're headlining a hot room or you're open, like I used to open for Lewis Black and one time I, I was coming out, uh, his his touring uh, opening act couldn't make it. It was a snowstorm. And we were walking through the ve- like uh, to the venue. At that point, Lewis had just taken off and we had security and there were umbrellas. And we walked into the venue and like the lights went down and this massive like just this just an avalanche of applause. And I turned to him and I go, how many people are out there? And he goes, I don't know, three, 5,000. <laughs> I was like, OK. Wow. And I had a fun set. And the next night at Zany's. 18 people who hated me. <laughs> hated me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same thing. I, I, well, I opened for Jim Gaffigan at, at the oh, arena in Milwaukee yes. at the Fiserv and uh, 14,000 people. And then literally the next next night I was back in LA at the uh, improv lab doing a show for uh, 30 people. Yeah. <laughs> 14,000 to 30. Yeah. It definitely keeps you humble or it drives you crazy well you got to pick one yes well and that's that's the thing too is that, uh, that's what I, I was mindful of I don't need to jump on any other comics with everything that's going on with our mental health I, I don't it's been really hard the last few years and uh, and we've lost people in our community uh, and, and the mm-hmm. thing is that we're out there just trying to make people laugh and I was laughing because uh, on one of your threads you were posting about coming to Zany's and someone said make sure you sing the tomato song and I'm like does he have did he, did he rewrite <laughs> the potato song what's happened <laughs> you gotta, you gotta stay updated in your career. You're gonna make it. You- Change it from potato to tomato. <laughs> Oh, I, I absolutely I have so many fond memories of working with you. Uh, how how about you, you know, do you do you do you like L.A.? I know I know you've been there since like, what, 2000 or so? I d- 2001. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, I I love it. I mean, I do. I know people uh, obviously it's expensive and they crime. I mean, we, we luckily we bought a place out sort of in the suburbs like. Uh, Gora Hills. Uh, so it's really nice. It was really quiet. Um, I mean, yeah, you go into LA, it, it is kind of chaos and it is a little bit crazy. And, and the last couple of years I've been like, what is going on here? Like it, it, it's, but 
I mean, the weather and and the beach and and the beautiful weather. It's just hard to like. Uh, I, I do I do really appreciate. It. And my dad's out there now. My dad's ninety seven, uh, World War Two veteran, and he's he's now living in right up the street from me at a, at a senior center. So it's like it's it's the best. So uh, you know, everyone is important. You know, my my dad was sort of my last you know, relative, obviously, or family member. So it's like, this is awesome to have him so close to me. And uh, he loves it. And except when I ask him, he's always like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> That's a little more tattoo vet for you. Eh, it's fine. <laughs> right. Has he ever done uh, one of the honor flights? Is it something that you think? Yeah. He, he, yeah. Yeah. He did it probably like 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, I know he wouldn't want to do it again. He's, you know, it's hard enough just getting them sure. flying them out from um, Milwaukee, but he's done. He's not flying anywhere. No, um, but yeah, he, he did it and really enjoyed it. And, you know, it's kind of a rough trip because you fly out to DC and they take you around and you get back on the plane. You got to go back. It's like, <laughs> like, hey, you can't get a hotel for the night or something like yeah. brunch. Nothing. Yeah. You would think at this point they'd have a, a few extra bucks in the, in the drawer to, to take care of the, the vets overnight. You would think. Yeah. yeah, it should be. I agree. It should, yeah. it should be an offer, an offer. Uh, but I, I know that um, so much of your material is uh, I, I, I there's I, you're one of the comics that I, I wouldn't be able to. It's so unique. Uh, you, you have so much glee, I think, is is mirth. I love comics. who have whimsy. <laughs> That's the one. Whimsy. You have whimsy. Is that OK to say? I like whimsy. Yes. I like mirth too. Mirth. You have a lot Mirthful. of mirth. <laughs> I don't think anyone's doing mirth right now. Nobody's doing mirth. There's just a, a joyfulness. I mean, all those words mean the same thing. I'm just trying to get to the same point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, you know, you just have a, a easy way about yourself, and and is that's because I know you've taught comedy as well, and that's not like you're you're. You, we have to when we're talking to other comics who are just starting out. It's hard to explain, you know, how to find your voice. Do you feel like you had? Because I feel like you did have that early on. That you've always had that sort of whimsy about you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember Mike Lucas, who was a great comic as well, and uh, uh, he wrote a book, very good book. You should check out if you want to be a comic. Um, but he um, he said that to me, and this is like when I was two or three years in. He's like, "Oh, you, have, you just look so happy to be up there." Yes, uh, and I, I think it was. I mean, there's not. I'm not faking it, and uh, I, I am just every time I walk on stage, I'm just blown away that that you know I was this quiet kid, and my third grade teacher wrote on my report card. Uh, Tom is a loner. Oh, uh, so so like, and I was very quiet throughout high school. So I mean, the fact that I I now do comedy and performed for fourteen thousand people and done TV appearances, like, I think it's really surprising to my parents and to a lot of people that like this is what I've chosen. And I think I'm just proud of myself every time I walk on stage. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I'm doing this. Um, do I don't know how you can't be happy. I, I well, you know, and, and we we touched on that a little bit, but I, I there is so much anxiety in our because we're freelance we're freelance uh, performers. We're not we're independent contractors. Do you still? I still do this sometimes. I look at my calendar. Okay, I'm still going to be a comic in August. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely. There's that. Uh, yeah, like oh well, well, like, especially yeah, if I book, I just booked a gig for August. Uh, August is okay. I don't have to worry. I'll build around it. Right. Um, but but. I'm lucky now because my wife is also a comedian. Steph Clark is her name. And she, 
you know, she's very uh, motivated. She's very driven. She, she, and she doesn't see the obstacles and she's very good at like, kind of like finding her own niche. So, I mean, we'll do, you know, breweries, we'll do wineries, we'll do country clubs. And, you know, you do these places, you're, you're working one show and making the same money for a weekend at a club. And, uh, and they're fun. And, and obviously I, I work clean, so it's like, it's not a big deal for me to, to shift into that mode if, if need be. So, um, that's really helped a lot. And it's also allowed me to not have to go on the road as much where I can just, we can just drive, you know, a few hours in California. So, so many big cities that we can go to. That's wonderful. I, I love it. I love talking to you. And I know that you're going to be in the area again soon. We are carried uh, in Minneapolis and throughout Wisconsin. And that's the other thing, too. I want to thank you because uh, during the pandemic, uh, you know, when things started opening up again, you booked me at a gig in Wisconsin Dells and I had so much fun. I don't think I had the chance to tell you, uh, but I also it seemed as though you really wanted to make sure that not only, you know, venue had good comics, but that we were getting work again. And I, and I really am grateful for that, Tom. Oh, thank yeah, thank you for doing it. I mean, that was that was so much fun to be able to help out, uh, you know, all those different people. You know, I, I just saw Mike Toomey this morning. I did WGN, uh, the new show, uh, to promote the show, and he was there. Uh, so that was awesome, and he got to do that room. It's crystal grand, and I'm actually going to be there on February 17th. I'm going to be back there in the Wisconsin Dells. Um, so hopefully though, that'll, that'll be happening. And, uh, February 16th, where the heck am I? February 16th and I'm in, um, I'm going to be up in Marshfield doing a show. And then, uh, Friday the 2nd, I'll be at, in Milwaukee at rounding third and Saturday the third, I will be at, uh, up in Marinette doing a show with, uh, Pete Schwaba. Oh, wonderful. And Pete, oh, well, Pete's on uh, radio in Wisconsin. He's on Civic Media. So he's got a bunch of stations up there that you, you guys can uh, promote some of those shows, too. So tell him, tell him hey, can I, can I jump on your show and, and promote the shows? And I want you to come on any, anytime you're in the area. We'd love to hear from you. Or if there's something you want to let people know about, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, I was hoping to do that, uh, your fundraiser show. I think it's right in between the weeks I'm going to be here. Um, are you guys doing a fundraiser? You and uh, we are working. Jerry? On, yeah, we're working on a fundraiser. Me and Jerry Walski are working on a fundraiser for uh, our friend Lorenzo Santos, who's running for the congressional first. And uh, that's mm-hmm. the you know Racine, uh, Racine, Kenosha, Walworth, all that area of Wisconsin. Uh, so yeah, and you, I think you really like this guy. He's uh, he's really uh, got his heart and head in the right place. Do you? I know that you don't do any political comedy. Have you haven't had any issues with audiences like you know taking anything out of context or accusing you of? anything politically have you no yeah because you I mean, You'd have to really reach to find something yeah exactly i i've been surprised because i mean i talk about it's like women's health i talk about my my background and i've been okay and i have this show and i haven't had any i haven't had any people be uh angry at me so i guess i'm doing all right i just keep smiling that's all <laughs> right maybe maybe things are shifting maybe <laughs> i mean there is just i think it's just a lot of bottled up emotions during the pandemic oh yeah and, Maybe people are finally like, all right, that was exhausting. Let's just let's just focus on being happy. Exactly, exactly. And where can find people find more uh, about your work, about your comedy, and uh, the gigs you have coming up? Uh, all on my website, TomClark.com. I have a new special on uh, YouTube. They can check out live from North Hollywood, um, and that's uh, YouTube.com/slash TomClarkComedy. 
Excellent. And when you're dead, we can use that that special to create something for you when you're gone. So we'll work on that for you. <laughs> AI me, baby. AI yeah. I mean, AI yeah. Uh, the one and only Tom Clark appearing at Zanies in Rosemont. You can go to zanies.com. And I look forward to seeing you again soon, my friend. Hopefully next month. All right. Thanks, Patty. Thank you. Take care. Take care, you too. Uh, When we come back, we're going to check in with Joe Chura, and we're going to talk about dry January. And uh, I might take February off just because it's, you know, a shorter month. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll carry on the conversation and talk about Go Brewing with Joe Chura. Tom Hartman. In the 42 years since the start of the Reagan Revolution, bought-off politicians have so altered our tax code that $51 trillion has left the pockets, the homes, the bank accounts, and the retirement accounts of working-class Americans and ended up in the money bins of the morbidly rich. The Tom Hartman Radio Program, weekdays 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on WCPT 820, where facts matter. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Buy yours at Beer on Central in Evanston, D&D Finer Foods in Evanston, Rogers Park Provisions, Provisions Uptown, and Beer Shop Oak Park. Must be 21. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I don't think I've uh, ever hid the fact that when the pandemic uh, came down and we were all locked in place, uh, I may be over imbibed. And I think that it's it's remarkable that there were people who acknowledge what was going on in their lives. And someone like Joe Chura, who started a brewing company during the pandemic, a non-alcoholic brewing company, Go Brewing. And joining us on the line is Joe Chura, co-founder of Go Brewing. How are you doing today, my friend? I am doing wonderful. Thanks for having me, Patty. Absolutely. I uh, we we just talked briefly uh, off the air about you know what should I bring up and I you know I've I've taken time off right. We, we people who uh, drink whether it's socially or maybe drink too hard think you know what I need to give myself a break and I made a joke about choosing February because it's the shortest month of the year. Um, but I heard <laughs> nice. My friend uh, that was from my friend uh, comedian Will Durst. Uh, when I met him, he was uh, taking February off. I'm like, oh, that's smart. But there are people who need to take a step back, whether it's a, a break or perhaps, you know, turn to sobriety. Tell, do you want to tell us a little bit about your path to opening Go Brewing? Yeah, it all started with a challenge very similar to dry January where I abstained from alcohol. And up until that point, I was drinking multiple times uh, per week, uh, almost every day, actually. And I was under the cloud of alcohol for so long that it, it felt pretty normal until I stopped. And like three weeks into this challenge where I wasn't drinking, I started feeling mentally clear. I, weight was melting off. I had less anxiety. And I was like, man, I want more of that feeling. But I had these massive cravings that I created from decades of drinking. And so at five o'clock, I'd want a beer on the weekends. And I tried everything. I'm telling you, everything. And the one thing that helped me curb my craving is non-alcoholic beer. It was just like this magic potion of sorts. And I was like, man, if this if this can really help me, how many other people can it help? So I chose to really embark on this mission to create the best NA beer on the planet and have this wide variety. 
Oh, that's fantastic. I love that because, you know, uh, my, my husband and uh, the first time I ever saw non-alcoholic beer was about 25 years ago. Uh, my father-in-law could not drink. Uh, he had had throat cancer, but he's, he still wanted the taste of it. And, and to your point about cravings, like some people crave sugar or it is that need, not just for the, the taste of it or the, the sort of habit of it. It's, it is also that buzz, right? So, you know, a lot of people associate it, but sometimes it is just the, the ritual of it, isn't it, too? A hundred percent. And if you think about how habits are formed, right, it takes 21 to 75 days, depending on who you talk to, to form a habit. I'm in my mid-40s, so I've been drinking for decades. So so that habitual thing is very real, like wanting to have something in your hand. Alcohol aside, obviously that has has an effect, but it's that habit that really, that really gets you uh, more than anything else, just because you're so used to it. It really is. And, and, you know, and I happen to work in an industry where it's almost like it's part of the pay. We're stand-up comics and you walk in and, and a lot of places are like, you know, basically whatever you want. And we will we will drink part of our, you know, we're like this place owes me. And so I'm around a lot of people who, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, who ha- who it's just it's like, again, you know, one per sh- a couple per show or whatever, or it's even part of their routine. And that's the thing, too, is that, you know, we're, we, we often do it mindlessly. You know, you, like you mentioned, you come home, it's five. You're like, oh, I can I can have a beer or can have a bottle of wine. Uh, so what are some of the, the tips you have for people who are trying to break that cycle of habit? Yeah, I'll, I'll say, Jan, to comment on your, your point, we have a tap room in outside of uh, Chicago in uh, Naperville, and we have a lot of people frequent it. And musicians, we often have live music, and almost all musicians that come in are sober for that exact reason. Like, they're, they were just used to years of them getting alcohol at these bars and they just had to stop because they, one, they couldn't play, they couldn't function anymore. But we see that, we see that a lot. So, so as far as, as far as tips, um, one is mindset. Like I mentioned, if you're, if you're drinking and you're in your forties, like myself or even older, you have this habitual history. So you, you can't just like stop or if you aim to stop, just know it's going to be hard. Just get yourself in the mind that in the place where you know this is going to be a challenge because you're stopping something that is very habitual. It's very possible, but just know it's going to be hard. Second, have tools in place. So just like you're going to do anything, be prepared in advance what you know in advance. You're going to have these massive cravings, have any beer. And three, I would, the best way to end a bad habit is to replace it with a positive habit. So some of those positive habits can include signing up for a race, like like I signed up for this race out of town even. So now, now guess what? I'm looking forward to going out of town in March. Now I'm training every day for this race. I'm not just exercising. It takes on a different meaning. So whatever that is, sign up for something crazy that you haven't tried before. And, and all of a sudden, you'll, you'll not want to drink as much because you're going to be doing something that achieves a different purpose. It's such a it's such a great tip because uh, you know I think a lot of times we treat the drinking as the treat right you're like okay uh, when I get home later or you know I'm going to go out and I, I know what I want to drink at this bar we do it I mean like your mind is already set that way and it is it is a matter of resetting that too and 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 I think you and I both I, I was reading a little bit about you you and I both grew up in a household hold with alcoholism my father was a very heavy drinker I once picked him up from a bar I was like 15 and he he hadn't come home for uh, two days and uh, I went looking for him. I took his pickup truck and I found him at a a bar near our house. And the bartender said, Joe, the bartender said, I've never seen anyone drink 25 martinis. And I said, why did you give him 25 martinis? 
It's like, what? It seems like. But, you know, I mean, I had to take him home and clean him up. And it was it's one of those things I'll I'll never forget. Uh, It didn't keep me from from uh, drinking. And and, uh, it's just but it's one of the things my my dad could never have just one. You know what I mean? Uh, Clearly. But, you know, that that's that's kind of part of how we grew up, too, is just that this is part of our family. Is that how you feel a little bit? Oh, a hundred percent. So it's in our DNA. It's in the DNA of this country. And, and one, I'm, I'm not a teetotaler. I believe in moderation. So this isn't about like just cutting back and anyone listening to this who's doing a shot as we're talking about this. Like, like we're not, I'm not saying you have to, this isn't a binary thing. You don't have to pick a party and stick with it. Right. However, to your point, I, I was, wa- I watched my dad's demise. He passed away in 2006 of alcoholism and drugs. Mm. I watched my brother go to rehab. I've seen so many things. I've, I've had peers that, and I'm sure everyone listening to this knows people that have have, have had liver issues like in their 30s and 40s. Like that's absolutely crazy. So it is really hard for a lot of us to curb this craving. But if you can do it in the right way, you can still enjoy alcohol at times, but the trick is to be mindful. So one of the things that, that I did as well is I started noticing when I was drinking, like sometimes it would be, it would be at the movies with my kids. And I'm like, do I need to be drinking now? Sometimes it would be on my way out from the airport, meaning like I landed to my home destination and on the way out to catch my ride, I'm stopping at the bar. I'm like, do I need to be drinking then? And just asking yourself those questions can really help curb your your drinking habits as well. Uh, it's such, this is such great. It's really great advice, and and I and I love that during the pandemic. So so during the pandemic, as I mentioned, I mean, the alcohol sales went through the roof because people were self medicating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I would used to joke about how I I, I perfected my favorite Bloody Mary mix, uh, but it took a lot of batches to get there. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I I so appreciate that you took a step back during the pandemic. T- tell us a little bit about that decision to do something that. You you know, that really hasn't been done on the scale. Yeah, so my my wife and I would be these people that were like, the diet starts Monday, and then money would come, we'd be we'd eat well on Monday, and then by Tuesday we'd we'd fade away, and then life would take over, and by Wednesday we're eating fast food and, and drinking, John. It would just be this repetitive behavior. Well, I got some blood work done, I looked in the mirror, I was 40 pounds overweight, Again, looking at the history of my family, I was like, I am not headed toward the right path. And I, for all intents and purposes, like I, I was a successful entrepreneur, but I was living this very unhealthy lifestyle. And I'm like, you know, I wanted, I thought about my kids and I thought about what identity do I want to have for them? What, when they look at me, do I want them to have the same experience that I have when I looked at my father? And the answer was, hell no, I don't. So I needed to do something drastic. So my wife and I did this challenge and it was 75 days of, of abstaining from alcohol. And like I mentioned, it changed my life. I had no idea because living under the cloud for so long, um, it was just normal. I just felt normal. And until I stopped and then all of a sudden it wasn't normal. And then I was like, wow, this is how life can feel when you're not drinking. Yeah, I, I think that that's uh, and that it, it it's hard. And I'm saying this as somebody who enjoys a glass of wine and, and a martini. And, and I do have, uh, you know, several times a week, like you were mentioning before. And my husband and I have talked about like, you know, we really need to take a step back. And I think that is kind of the 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 sort of collective experience of a dry January or sober October and things like that. And, I th- and, and you know, there are now there are breweries that are also partnering uh, and, and, you know, trying to encourage people and trying to jump on 
the wagon, really, <laughs> literally, uh, because it's gotten so much momentum. Has, it, has, it, has there gotten more energy since you started this business in, during the pandemic? Uh, it's, it's been incredible. And over this last year especially, so to, to put in perspective, we launched in uh, the brewery for all intents and purposes last year in 23, and we were making our own beer, and we were, we sell our beer online too, and we sell it across the U.S., and we, we we're in a bunch of stores now locally and, uh, and across four uh, states. But um, w- when we started Dry January this year, we sold more beer in three days oh. than we did all of Q1 last year. Whoa. All of Q1. I mean, it's been insane. And 50, 60 breweries in the Chicagoland area carry our beer. It's about being inclusive. A lot of people are coming in. They want to modify their habits. They want to alternate their drinking. Um, again, it's not about teetotaling. It's just about moderation. And moderation is so important. If you could figure it out, you can have a drink. Like, there's times when I would regret not drinking, honestly. Like, there was, uh, I did this wine tasting with my wife at this fondue restaurant in Canada. And I was staring at this menu. I didn't drink for six months. And I'm staring at this menu, and I'm like, you know, this is a really good experience. Now I could have having a glass of wine with the fond- with this fondue with my wife. It sounds fancy. It was just like this time and place where we were. And, and I thought about the next day. How am I going to feel in the morning? And I'm like, you know, I'm going to regret not doing it in the morning. It was a mindful decision, and that's what this is all about. Outstanding. And I'm looking at the grow bre- gobrewing.com. That's gobrewing.com. And uh, I already know that I need to t- well, I need to try all of them, but the Jab Jab group, Grapefruit IPA. Oh, is that yeah. a, is that a That's hazy? A it, it is kind of like a hazy, yeah. It's uh, it's one of our most popular beers, um, and that's a beer you'll find only online and on Amazon and on our websites. Uh, you're not going to find that one in stores, but it's a very special beer, and you can see the reviews on it. People really love it. Okay, I'm putting it in my cart right now. Anyway, because I, I, cause that's, that's the kind of thing that, ha- you know, hazy IPAs were something that my friend Tom introduced me to, and uh, so anytime I go to a bar, so I always, you know, I, I I, and, and it doesn't, that's the kind of thing that it's, it's so, uh, uh, so dynamic in the way it tastes that it doesn't need to have the alcohol. And when you're talking about losing weight, too, I love that you, first of all, you put uh, the calories on there. But it's not just the calories and alcohol. It's also, as you mentioned, that sort of that that haze that you're under. You know, you're not you don't have the energy in the morning to, like, work out early or even later in the day because now you're just working towards having the next drink. You know how many burritos I ate at 11 p.m.? Yep. Um, when making I mean, I a bad decision, <laughs> like, yeah, a lot, a lot. I mean, those the calorie, it just adds up, right? You cascade these things because at the time they seem like a good idea that you pay for them. But but the, the screwed up thing with alcohol is the next day you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to drink. But by 5 o'clock, I wanted a drink. And for me, I would want another drink and another one because my, you know, that switch kind of turned off. And I didn't really think anymore. And I was just like, oh, a burrito's great. I love this Mexican place. But... You know, that's you know, five thousand calories right before bed's not a good idea if you want to if you don't want to gain a lot of weight. I'm going to put it. I have to put a go dry January thrival kit in here because this has a little bit of everything, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And you should, and you'll get the sunshine state. We'll make sure we ship it with that. That's our mango peach hazy IPA, one of our most popular beers. People love it, and it. It tastes just like you would imagine. We also have this double IPA that in blind taste tests, people don't even know the difference between that and, and an alcoholic IPA, believe it or not. It looks, it looks fantastic. And, the, and the, the, the donut kill my – I lost the screen right now. I'm looking at – and, okay, let me say this, too. Uh, in, in addition to all the different varieties of, of uh, non-alcoholic brews that you have, the artwork is fantastic. Tell us a little bit about the artist that does these. 
Yeah, a lot of this we, we do in-house, and it's inspired by um, by people and by stories that we wanted to get out there. So our Sunshine State IPA, for example, that's a friend of mine who's diagnosed with cancer. She uh, she found out, actually, when she had cancer. She was a, a nationally acclaimed Ironman athlete. She was running this race in Florida. She DNF'd it, so she did not finish. It was the first race in her life. She did, like, 40 of these. And then she was like, what is wrong with me? What happened? She went to the doctor, found out she had cancer. And then for the next year, she struggled a lot. But halfway through that year, she's like, F this. I am going to play offense here, and this isn't going to define me. So she trained for the Ironman in Florida. And she ended up not only finishing it, but she ended up uh, winning her age group. So that beer wow. is named uh, that named that beer is named Sunshine State for it happened in Florida, and it was her state of mind. So my my cousin Dan though gets a lot of credit for the design on, on these cans, and uh, he's super talented. And I'll just come up with the, these ideas and stories about about people that I know and that should be exposed because they're so motivational and inspirational. And, and then we, we uh, create a beer and then you could scan the QR code on the can and you could read about these stories. A lot of our cans are like that. That's amazing. I I really, I'm so grateful to meet you. I'm I'm glad that our friend, uh, Marcella Raymond introduced us. I I know that you work with her and and, and the, uh, publicity that she does uh and we all love marcella uh so when she oh, she's when, awesome she is and when she messages me i'm like yes let's go uh so thank you so much <laughs> and and i also i'm looking forward to maybe uh connecting you with one of our friends in wisconsin at monaco because i don't know if you've every time these lists come out with the hardest drinking cities in the country eight of them are wisconsin they need our help <laughs> <That's all I'm> <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> hey I've, I've been there plenty i had an office in appleton for a while and oh. i remember the bloody marys were just like a a foot tall, like with all the garnishes in the world, hamburger buns, chicken wings on them. It's like the craziest thing ever, but yeah, but pretty fun. I loved. I used to do the uh, comedy club there. There's a the Skyline Comedy Club, and um, I, I love Appleton. Oh yeah, the the birthplace of Houdini, Willem Dafoe, and McCarthy. So there's. A- <laughs> oh, I didn't know all that. I didn't know that. Yeah, we had an office. We had an office right in Main Street there, right oh, in downtown yeah. Main Street. You never went to the Houdini Museum? Oh, we have to go. You back. know, I didn't spend as much time there as, as I wanted to, but I definitely spent a ton of time in Wisconsin. It's a great place. Oh, I'm, well, hold on a second. There's a, there's a pizza place that I used to love, and now I, I used to love going there with they had mounds. Anyway, you and I were talking about the, the Appleton uh, <laughs> town some other time. Uh, we're And again, it's gobrewing.com, and uh, we're again, Correct. thank you for all the, the great work that you do, and uh, bringing this to life for people who still want to enjoy a beer and stay healthy. So it's really wonderful. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Anytime you're on the northwest side of Chicago, we'd love to have you in studio. You got it. Sounds good. Thank you. Have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. You as well. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Let's take a break here. And uh, coming up in just a little bit, we're going to talk to another brewer. Sorry, everybody. We're going to talk to our friend uh, Kirk Banks. I didn't mean to hang up on Joe. I hit the wrong button, Lady B. Sometimes it happens. I just hit the wrong buttons. Let me take a break here. We'll come back and uh, carry on on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now. 
at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. Hold on a second, everybody. I hit the wrong button again. We're going to check in with Kirk Banks in just a moment. Uh, what I meant to say was, let's do, I recorded a new uh, ad because I really do go to European U.S. Collision Center, a division of Technocraft, our friend uh, Warren Price. And uh, I, I really did have an accident at Milwaukee and Foster, so I recorded this for our, our uh, sponsor, Warren Price. Hey, this is Patty Vasquez. I'm a busy mom, and I do everything I can to keep my family safe. But no matter how careful I am, accidents happen. Like that driver who rear-ended me at Milwaukee and Foster. <clears throat> Once I made sure everyone was okay and it was safe for me to get out of my vehicle, I got the other driver's info and I called my car guy, Warren Price, at European and U.S. Collision Repair Center. He helped me navigate the insurance claims, and his expert technicians made my car look brand new. Warren has been serving the community with European U.S. Collision Repair Center, a division of Technocraft, at 4080 North Broadway for 40 years, and he's been my car guy for over a decade. I trust him with my family's safety. So check him out at EuropeanUS.com or call 773-248-1200. That's 773-248-1200. So we can all keep driving it home safely together. <laughs> That's uh, Warren Price, of course, is going to be busy this weekend with all the snow we have coming. Although he says that it's not as busy as you would think during severe weather like this. So uh, make sure you've got that information with you. And I really did. I got, I got rear-ended at Milwaukee and Foster. The guy in front of me at a red light decided at the last second to take a left-hand turn. And the car behind me assumed we were all going to start going as soon as the light turned green. And the fun part was both those guys got out of their cars and started yelling at me. I was in the middle. How, how, I don't, I don't, Lady B. I just, <laughs> I, yeah. Here, you can put your mic. Get, get on here with me. Yeah, that's. that's How are they gonna gain up on you? And if you're, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah, the guy behind me hit me, sent me into the car in front of me, and they're both. Hit, and this is a long time ago, but I was pregnant with Griffin, and I, and I have been hit. It was not the first time I'd hit, been hit by a dude that they got out of the car and started yelling at me. I got hit at Central and Devon, and this guy. It was raining, oh and. My God. Yeah, yeah, and the light just turned green. I was about to go. This guy ran right into me, sent me through the sent me through the intersection, got out of his car, and started yelling at me. At, if, if, yeah, so so I just said I've been hit, I've been hit four times by guys failed to reduce speed. Yeah, I'm just saying, dude. I got it. Let's go to a break. Let's check in with our friend Kirk Bankstead, who doesn't he doesn't need to know about this. We've got him on hold, and I'm talking about my car accidents. I'm sorry, Kirk. We'll be right back after this on WCPT820 Heartland Signal. Alexa, play WCPT. WCPT from TuneIn. Driving it home. With Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases. The folks refusing to wear masks says. And politicians getting caught grabbing asses says. She's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Thank you so much for joining us as we drive at home and we want to wave hello to our friends listening and watching in uh, KTNF 950 AM, Minneapolis, St. Paul. And joining us on the road is the mastermind behind Monaco Brewing Company and uh, working very hard to drive fascism out of Wisconsin. Uh, Kirk, how are you doing tonight? Patty, it's great to hear your voice. It's good to hear I'm, uh, I wish. I wish you were in the car with me. We're, we're driving up north to go skiing. We finally got some snow in Wisconsin. <laughs> so where do you? So let me tell you something about my ability to ski. Uh, there is no, there's no ability. This is what it sounds like when I come down a hill. Get out of the way! 
I can't stop! I don't want to stop! <laughs> I've heard, I've heard, I've heard that, I've heard those uh, noises before. I, when that happens, when that happens, it means it means you better get out of the way. That's for sure. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I, I have no control. I dated a boy in high school who was uh, his family skied, and yeah, it was it was not good. Like my first time going was uh, on a uh, like the rope toe, and I I didn't have the right gloves, and it, it ripped my my mittens apart. Uh, yeah, it, I'm not. I, I I I I've gone to Alpine Valley. Is the extent of my skiing is all I'm saying. Do you, I mean, are you familiar with that in East Troy, Wisconsin? I am familiar with Alpine Valley in terms of going to concerts. I didn't know there's actually skiing there. Well, it's like it's like a man-made hill. And sadly, it was the one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sadly, it's the one that Seabury Vaughn crashed into when I was I was a freshman in college. Uh, that the plane uh, after they took off from their concert that was in like of all it's like the, it's not even that big of a hill. So uh, anyway, uh, that's the one I skied. <laughs> this is so dark. Why did I go this way? For, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Talking about skiing because skiing. because you know global warming has made our winters only last a month uh, and a half these days. Well, so, uh, yeah, so, and, yeah. North Northern Wisconsin's a unique place where we're we're a land of cold without a lot of snow. <laughs> well, and it's going to come all at once. Have you? What are the? Uh, what are, what's the forecast look like for the storm that's coming in? Because they're calling it in Chicago. One newspaper is calling it, or yeah. I don't know if it's a meteorologist calling it a bomb cyclone. Is what we're getting. I mean, come on. I don't know, but I don't know, but if you're, if you're going to be stuck in a snowstorm, you might as well bring your cross-country skis. You know, <laughs> that's where we're going. Exactly. Uh, so, how far up are you going in Wisconsin? Are you going? Are you going to Michigan? Or are you up in northern Wisconsin? So, so I'm. So I'm. In, I was in Madison. I'm in Madison because we're building our new tap room. So uh, I've been. I've been kind of living down here for a while, and so we're going up back up to Manaqua right now. Oh, okay. So you're going skiing near Manaqua. That's awesome. And how are how cross country skiing? There's no there's no hills I, in Manaqua. Flat as a pancake is in Manaqua. Really? I, I don't have. A, I, I need one of those topographical maps where you have like all the ridges and bumps to see where the hills are in Wisconsin. So you're going cross country skiing, which is very good for your quads and your hamstrings. So I, I recommend that you stretch very well ahead of time. Yes? Is that part of the process? It's a lot of work. Yes. You, you sweat a lot. It's a lot of work. And you, you really have to have a beer afterwards. It's kind of part of the, <laughs> yeah. part of the process. I, 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 would, I would agree with you. What, what, what kind of a beer is it? Because I, I would probably, after cross-country skiing, I would need something a little bit like a choice seltzer or something like that. And, you know, my favorite. It's like your grapefruit. What, what, uh, what are you hankering for after cross-country skiing? Well, it's, I just so happen to have about 30 cases of our brand new Home Away From Home Hazy IPA, which is our beer that we made for the Madison market for our new tap room. It's our home away from, you know, it's, it's a quote, home away from home. But yeah, it's a Hazy IPA. It's, it's bitter. It's boozy. And it tastes damn good when it's cold outside. Outstanding. <laughs> and you're getting done skiing. Yeah. I love it. I was uh, I was up late last night for various reasons, one of which, uh, I don't know if you're interested, but I, there, I was really angry because there's a new uh, comedy special from George Carlin. They took his material and generated an AI comedy special. And I was I was just so upset oh. and hurt last night. I was reading Kelly Carlin. His daughter is really upset. So I was lying there and... Uh, you know, just I should have I should have been trying to go to sleep or meditate or something. And then Jerry texts me one of the uh, you know one you know whenever you have these lovely critics who jump on your page and uh, <laughs> I 
just, I love that you, because I don't think most of the people who saw you post about this realize that Hamon means pig. When Hamon Peterson said, <laughs> I, I love that. No, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 because here, Hamon Peterson wrote, terrible beer, terrible staff, terrible owner. And you just wrote back, you're a pig for saying that. And like everybody, you know, just sort of reacted. But like one person put like a slab of ham in their comments because they got it. And I just I just love that. you. I love that. That's what you wrote. It made me very happy. No. So this was the thing. I got up, actually, because I'd had a little bit too much wine last night. So I got up at like two in the morning. And I was restless. And I was in the bathroom, and I saw this terrible review. I get them all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm like, trolled relentlessly. But so I actually did. I was like, I was like, the guy's name is Hamon. Like, that means ham, you know, that means in Spanish. And so, so I'm the guy that a screenshot. I, like, Googled Hamon, and I saw this awesome picture of the ham. So I screenshotted that, and I, and I, and I responded with the screenshot. I'm like, you're a pig for calling us that. I'm like, that's a great double entendre. But it was two in the morning, so so I like woke up at like four, and it was it had bombed because nobody was awake when I posted it. And all of a sudden, like eleven o'clock rolls by this morning, and now it's it's on fire. <laughs> so you gotta love you, the only way you can deal with all the trolls that come onto my site is you just gotta make fun of them and. And then post, they post who they are, you know, yes. and then out, out the trolls, you know, you got to out the trolls. Absolutely. I mean, like, I, again, Kelly, I was up late because Kelly Carlin was also being attacked for, they, you know, they were calling her whiny and she's just mad that she didn't get any money. And like one of the guys had like 166 followers. And I was like, this guy just, you know, he spent all this, his whole day creating 166 ca- accounts to follow him. Don't listen to this guy. <laughs> so, True. But it, it True. Is, I'm not as quick uh, sometimes. I I mean, you are you are you are relentless, which makes you well suited for what you're doing. I mean, you don't I, I, like I said, I told you off the air, you're our flamethrower. We get to have a flamethrower, too. We get to have somebody. I, look, I, I think that it's fair to say that sometimes you and I lack impulse control. I hope that's not insulting to you. I, I, I acknowledge it for myself. I don't know about yourself. I acknowledge it, too. It's true. Sometimes I, I throw the flame and it and it boomerangs and burns my face. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> the worst. Do you have this though? Because we are up late night sometimes, and maybe having a couple of glasses of wine or choice seltzer, and you you, sense that you put something out in the, into the ether, and then you wake up and forget you did it, and you wake up to like just massive amounts of horrible things that people say. You're like, oh god. <laughs> we should have a not not after 10 p.m. rule for our, for our posting anything. Should we make a play? No. Some of the best. Some of the best things I've ever posted is when I've been completely gone, off my rocker. <laughs> okay, fine. See, the evil, the evil gene comes out when I'm about three beers in. Okay. Oh know, my god. Facebook, at least. It's too funny. Well, okay. So let's let's take a quick break because I really want to get to the efforts that you are leading the charge on, uh, and because I know that you know after Colorado and Maine, we're having all these conversations about whether or not uh, whether or not Trump should be on the ballot across the country and. There are people who believe in the Constitution and people who don't. And I want to talk about that when we come back. Sound good? Sounds good. Excellent. We're hanging out with we're hanging out with Kirk Bangstead, the flamethrower from Wisconsin, turning the state blue, keeping fascism out of Wisconsin. You know, they're our neighbors. It's where we go skiing, folks. We have to protect our neighbors. Let's take a quick break here. We'll catch up with him when we come back on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal, and KTNF 950 AM in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. 
You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. <laughs> uh, Kirk Bag said the genius behind Minocqua Brewing Company and I were just talking off the air a little bit about some of the things that we've posted. And uh, But here's the thing about uh, about us, Kirk, is that we it's because we are so passionate. We can't stand injustice. I think that's where a lot of my my motivation comes from. Wouldn't you say it's what drives you? It's true. When, when you know, when somebody is was lying or twisting the facts, or or kind of uh, you know trying to manipulate the folks that I grew up with that I that I love that are might ease, unfortunately some are easily manipulable. I I you know I kind of want to hurt them sometimes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, and so yeah, they, I do. I go overboard because I, I I try to do vigilante justice on like Facebook, and that doesn't usually doesn't work very well. No, that's uh, that's what I was saying. Uh, professionally, I, I hit a bump in the road, let's just say, and I and I, you know, I, I'm at the place now where I, it need I didn't need to go out that big, but I definitely needed to go anyway. But uh, you know, it, it was also part of what I did at my last radio station was talking about the dangers of Trump, and uh, and and people would call and like be condescending and argue with me and and be really nasty and say horrible things on my text screen, and uh, and I like you said, I, I'm sad that so many people are gullible and they fall for. It, including the fact that the president, of the, United, the former president of the United States, has violated the Constitution. And for people who say they're all about, you know, with the the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, but they don't give a crap about the Fourteenth Amendment, and that galls me. So tell me what, what what you're what you're working on right now uh, to to really shine a light on what it means to hold the Constitution as part of our of the fabric of our country. Yeah, so we, uh, the Monaco Brewing Company Super PAC, uh, as soon as the Colorado decision came and the Maine decision came, we, I got, I got the lawyers, uh, I put the lawyers to work, uh, and, and we filed our own, uh, similar lawsuit just like the Colorado one. Basically, we copied and pasted a lot of what they wrote, uh, because it had worked there, and we filed a lawsuit to get Trump off of Wisconsin's ballot, uh, you know, in circuit court in, in Dane County, where Madison is, which is the first start. Uh, and I wasn't going to do it uh, because I already spent a lot of money trying to do that with Ron Johnson. And uh, I didn't think that any judges had, you know, had the courage in America to, to actually look at this amendment like it should be looked at. You know, it's like it says if you've committed, if you've sworn an oath to protect America and protect, you know, the flag, protect America, and you're an officer of the United States, which the president is the chief officer of all the military in the United States, and you've, you've committed an insurrection, and there's been now over 300 people who have been imprisoned, over 700 who have pled guilty uh, or who have been convicted of, of a crime during on January 6th, but over 300 have already been imprisoned, many of whom have been imprisoned for seditious conspiracy, which is, in other words, insurrection. So there's no doubt an insurrection happened uh, that day, and... And so, yeah, the I wrote a really long essay last Sunday uh, that talked about, you know, obviously, you know, you probably get callers or I, I got trolled relentlessly on my Facebook page by the Trumpers saying, how dare you take my choice away? 
how dare you take the choice away to elect a candidate? Well, that's just dumb. You know, that's just dumb, and we all know that that's ridiculous. If you broke the law, you, you know, if you're, if you're drunk driving too much, you know, and they take your keys to your car away, is that taking your choice away? <laughs> no, you're, you, you don't deserve to drive drive because you're, you're breaking the law. So, uh, so that's, you know, that argument is dumb, but what I really don't like is all these Harvard Law School professors, Lawrence Lessig and a guy from Yale Law School saying, oh, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't we shouldn't look at Article 3 of the 14th Amendment and take Trump off the ballot because what might happen if Trump gets angry and he calls his followers oh. to, to, you know, what, what we sh- we're shivering in our boots. We, even Democrats are saying, no, we shouldn't do this because we're too scared of what might happen, the backlash. When they say that, when Democrats say that, that is when I, that's when I kind of lose it a little bit. I'm like... Why? Why are who are you guys? You know, you're not you're not. I'm like, this is why we get a bad rap as Democrats. I'm like, geez. Yeah. We got to have a little test, you know, testicular fortitude here. You know, I I think I can say that on the radio. Yes. Intestinal fortitude. Yeah. Balls. I'm sorry. If, if, if <laughs> Lady B's not sure about that. <laughs> New York, she's sure about that. Okay. Yes. I mean, hey, if we can say in a congressional hearing, I'm pretty sure I can say it on the air. Uh, we we can't be namby pambies. Is that uh, is that delicate enough? Yes. Don't be. Yes. You namby pamby. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I I, I I hear all these folks talk about like, well, you know, no one's been, no one has been charged with insurrection, and you make a good point. I had to look it up, and it's there have been oath keepers who have been charged and found guilty of seditious conspiracy. What what else do people need? I mean, obviously, we, we, you know, Jack Smith is still working on this. And the fact that we even have to have, you know, arguments in courtrooms, say, you know, with Trump lawyers being asked by a judge. So you're saying that President Biden could have someone assassinated because they disagree with him politically. I mean, and, and then his lawyers are like, yeah, they, they could do that. They would be immune yeah. from charges. Are you kidding me? No. You know, and so, Patty, the, the reason this is happening, the reason we're even here, you know, and, and by the way, Wisconsin's one of three to six swing states. So, yes, it happened in Colorado. They weren't going to vote for Trump anyway. It happened in Maine. They weren't going to vote for Trump anyway. We're doing the one in Wisconsin where it actually might matter. Right. You know, it might, if we can, if we can win this, I mean, it's a, it's a Hail Mary. There's no doubt about it. But holy cow, if we can, if we can win, my God, it'll be amazing. But, but the reason we're even here in the first place, the reason some lowly brewer from northern Wisconsin is, is throwing a Hail Mary is because Merrick Garland sat on this for two years. Yep. You know, he sat on, like, why the heck, two years later, do, are we appointing a, a special prosecutor, Jack Smith? I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, I think he's doing a good job, but that's two years too late. Yep. You know, they should have had Trump uh, uh, convicted of insurrection two years ago because they should have worked there. They should have worked really hard as soon as it happened, to, like to put him behind bars. So that's the only reason these these issues are even coming up is because these guys at the federal level didn't have 
the intestine. We're a little too namby-pamby right after the insurrection. <laughs> I, I think I love hearing you say namby-pamby. It's gonna be... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to spit out what I want to say, and I have to remember I'm on the radio. It's okay. Uh, hey, if you if one gets by, I've got a dump button. I just need to be fast. That's all. So you should, you go. Run. <laughs> I, I, I do think, and I agree with you, that not only should this have been done sooner, I don't know if Merrick Garland you know, was doing more behind the... You know, there are people who argue that uh, that he he was ready to go before January 6th, and that really helped him out, or what, whatever all the arguments are. But to your point about this not happening faster for this dragging out, not only does it help him gain momentum and, you know, he's got all this time to get in front of the cameras, but it also, you know, continues, to, it makes his base, who are already unhinged, think that it, it drags them along, whips them up even more, and, and does, and that's what, I mean, like, we have to not, we have to not be afraid that they're going to be violent, because here's the, the fact of the matter, folks. They are. They can, it might be in drips and drabs now. I expect it. I expect them to be completely uh, out of control. But and I and I honestly, I expected it in 2016 because I, I was slightly hopeful that Hillary would win. But I was expecting it then. I I, I have a I, I just remember thinking, what is tomorrow going to be like if she wins? And then I was I couldn't decide which was more scary. And it turns out it was Trump. It was more scary that Trump won. That's that's the truth. So what do you think? What do you- yeah, so what do you think what do you think is gonna be more cause more violence? For us right. to remove him a year a year ahead of time, you know, when when when, when half of these when you know, these guys these Trumpers are going to the rallies, but they're cowards. I know they're cowards. They come onto my Facebook page and, 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 and threaten violence. They're they're just keyboard warriors. Uh oh. Oh no, I hope someone <laughs> We lost. They're like swearing and stuff. Oh, were you swearing? Would you turn your? Did you mute yourself? I, <laughs> I can't hear you, Kirk. I, Go ahead. Oh, did I mute? Did I mute myself? I don't know. <laughs> Let's just assume you used a lot of cuss well, words and you were being selective. And your... <laughs> no, no, I'm getting into northern Wisconsin. That's what it is. There's no Wi-Fi up here. But no, what's going to be more dangerous is we take him off now. Or do we actually let him become a martyr if he gets convicted, like, a couple months before the election of actual insurrection? You know, like, it's just going to make him more of a martyr. Or, you know, if, if he actually, what, heaven forbid he wins, right? Like, he wins and then gets convicted, or he, he pardons himself from his own conviction. You know violence is going to happen then, because it's going to come from the left. If he pardons himself, if he wins, we're uh, we're in a we're in a world of hurt. Well, you know we're we're in a, we're in a we're in a constitutional crisis. It's a disaster. So the way to keep the the, le- the least amount of violence possible is to actually use what our civil war legislature came up with, and that's Article Three of the Fourteenth Amendment, so that we can avoid violence. If we use it now, we can avoid more violence later. That's what I think. I think I think you've got a great point, and, and to that, you know, if, if it, more people will die. We, look, his victory the last go around led to the death of hundreds of thousands of people because he so poorly mismanaged the pandemic. Uh, the violence on January sixth was something he whipped up. Look, we were. I was angry that uh, that they stopped the count in Florida in two thousand. But, you know, Al Gore conceded he did the noble thing and and wanted the country to move forward. And Trump has absolutely no. And and he loves this. I mean, the fact that he can send his unhinged followers into a tizzy, he loves it. And we can't we cannot be namby pamby about this. No, we can't. And uh, and I and I, you know, people will say, uh, 
that these 14th Amendment lawsuits are 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 hail marys, but uh, the, the only reason they're they're but Colorado. I mean, if you read Colorado's uh, decision, you probably, you probably talked about this on, on your show, but I mean, they they thought this through. These aren't like far-fetched lawyers. I mean, the, the crew, the group that, that did this in Colorado, some of the best lawyers in D.C. And what they said was, uh, you know, we the decision said, you know, no matter, we know this is, this is going to cause craziness. We know that this is huge, but the law is the law. And it, it, no, no matter, no fear of what the consequences are or favor of, of trying to appease a legislature that, you know, that might go crazy because of this, because they're all enthralled to Trump, at least the uh, Republican majority in the Congress. Like, no matter fear nor favor, this is what we have to do because of the law. And that's the, those, are, those are strong words that even the Supreme Court, which is heavily conservative because of Trump, I want to see. They're going to they're gonna look at this in February, and I think they're going to chicken out. I think they're going to chicken out and say, this is, this is my, uh, my prediction. They're going to chicken out and say, Colorado didn't give Trump due process because there wasn't like a jury trial or something, and we are going to, or, you know, we are going to stay the decision there or overrule the decision, put them on the ballot. But they're not going to say no other states are allowed to do this. And so they're going to, that means, like, tr- lawsuits like ours are going to be allowed to continue to go. And if our Supreme Court, we go through the proper thing and give Trump due process and we can knock him off of our ballot, we, that's something. That's huge. And that's going to that's gonna happen all the way throughout the spring and the summertime, I think. Outstanding. I, and I agree. And, I, and I'm disappointed with Governor Evers, who says that he thinks that the voters should decide. We did. We already voted. We, we said no to him. We said you can go away now, and and after Governor, oh, yeah, don't get me started, Patty. Governor Evers is a good governor. He's the hockey goalie to stop all the worst of the fascist things that are happening uh, to our state with the Republicans. He's the hockey goalie, but 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 he's he's he probably should retire, and he probably. Uh, He's, he, in order for him to get elected, he feels he has to appeal to the non-existent middle, which we don't have anymore in Wisconsin. They there is not a single person that's, that's sitting in the middle wondering whether or not they should vote for Trump or, or Biden in Wisconsin. We, these people only win by 20,000 votes out of 5 million people in our state. But somehow or another, we got a politician who's a Democrat who thinks that he's got to appeal to the middle, which doesn't exist, in order to get reelected. A couple years from now. No, that's, that, the, that's the problem I have with Evers. You know, it's a problem. Somebody just texted uh, pundits and judges need to stop asking, could a president kill a political rival without consequence? And start asking, could a president kill a Supreme Court justice without consequences? Ooh, Do- Dr. Durr, I like that, Doc. There are death threats against those Colorado judges. I'll even say one of my lawyers who filed the lawsuits, family, was 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 insanely worried. I still are insanely oh. worried about that lawyer's work on this case. Given the fact that we're in northern Wisconsin, we got a bunch of Trumpers. I mean, the work we're doing is is. I mean, we're joking around a little bit today, but I mean, I had a lawyer have to talk his mom, you know, you know, out of, off the ceiling 
because she was so worried that the whole family uh, would get targeted on this. That, well, I mean, it's a real look at, you know, the uh, Judge Erigan in uh, New York had a bomb threat this morning. All the every judge that's been involved in these cases have had death threats. And remember, you know, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, I know that like Mark, uh, Mark Paoletta, who is Ginny Thomas's lawyer and best friends with Clarence Thomas and all that, you know, he was like, oh, you know, all these death threats and no one's doing anything about it like, because it's their beloved Supreme Court that had done the will of the Federal Society and all these billionaires. Uh, yeah, we were angry. And. And are people going to are there going to be people in those crowds that maybe are a little more dangerous? But but the death threats, the you know, it, it's just unbelievable how unhinged they are. It really is. And if we get death threats when we have Biden as president, imagine what will happen if Trump is the president. Yeah, They'll, they will follow through, you know, or they they're way more likely to. So just the fact that there are so many death threats, I well, the, I believe in the Wall uh, the uh, the Washington Post today. One of our judges on the Supreme Court, Jill Karofsky, I believe she was interviewed, and she's like, people don't want, like judges are scared. The the level of discourse is sunk so low, uh, and the threats are so pervasive that that it is it is dangerous to be a judge talking like protecting democracy right now. Exactly, and and that's and that unfortunately that's who we have to rely on. Uh, Even knowing that if it goes all the way to the Supreme Court, we're very vulnerable. With as they have said publicly, uh, you know those judges owe Trump that they need to step up and do you know what he wants. Uh, Here's my other question. And, and no one's been able to answer this for me. Um, you know, keeping Trump off the ballot, I think, is 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 important and necessary because and not because I don't want him on the ballot and like I'm trying to, you know, withhold democracy and all that. But please, for the, the authoritarians who want Trump in office to say anything about democracy or now they're calling it a republic. But here's my question um, is it, the primaries aren't binding. So, I mean, obviously it's to keep them off the, the general election ballot. We're not just talking about the, the primaries, right? Because that's what a lot of people are talking about as well. Yeah, so the reason, so so I know a little bit about this because we, part of our lawsuit is suing the Republican Party. Yes! Uh, because they've already said, you know, the, the Wisconsin Elections Commission actually has to print his name on the ballot, but the Republican Party has agreed that he will be on the primary ballot. And so just the fact of putting him on a ballot, we're arguing, is illegal uh, because of the 14th Amendment. So, so you know, we think that that's going to happen after the Republican convention, which actually happens in Milwaukee in, like, August. So when, the, when, he, when he wins the primary, if he hasn't been kicked off yet, that's when uh, this other round of lawsuits may happen. And that's why Michigan and, and Minnesota both dinged these lawsuits pre-primary, but, but the Supreme Court said there potentially is another window to sue uh, after the primary is over. And, that's why, and Michigan is, is kind of a swing state. It's kind of moving more blue. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Supreme Court left the door open to re-sue uh, if he becomes the, the nominee. But, we, but in our, the way we think in Wisconsin, the way our lawyers are thinking, it's fine to sue the Republican Party right now because they illegally, I'm saying that in quotes even though I think it's true, they illegally forwarded his name on a ballot that shouldn't be there.
Yeah, I, I agree. And that, I, I'm so I, that's my concern is that all there's so many legal battles going on. It's hard for me to keep track of everything. But it is ultimately whether or not he's on the general election ballot, because they can put him on the ballot regardless of whether or not he gets enough votes on the primaries is my understanding. So this is all it's all crazy is all I'm saying, Kirk. <laughs> it's uh, well, it's complicated because every state's different, and now every state's trying to pile on, uh, which I think is great. Uh, but if the if the Supreme Court's weak and doesn't make a ruling that has to do with every single state, it, it hurts the country because then you know these Trump these crazy these crazy unhinged Trumpers are gonna like you know they're not gonna get a clear voice from the judicial system and it's going to make things even more muddled and nuts and it's going to it's going to invite more violence so they but but what can you expect half of these half of these justices are, are Trump Trump's people yeah we've seen them we know Alito Alito leaked the uh, Roe v. Wade decision ahead of time so that nobody would change their mind you know like Gorsuch you know is you know is is, is you know is a disaster even though Gorsuch even ruled before he was the Supreme Court that states had the right that, that Entire right he in, on a on a Colorado decision. Yep. States had the right to take the people off the ballot, uh, but Gorsuch we, we can't depend on him. Uh, Kavanaugh we can't depend on him. You know these guys are these guys were very partisan picks from Trump, and we can't depend on him. But we we could we have to depend on him more. And Clarence Thomas. We'll go to the highest bidder. Whoever pays him the most money, Clarence Thomas will vote for. We know that already. So it's really scary uh, that we have to depend on the Supreme Court, which I don't, which I think is. It's fairly legitimate at the point at the moment. Yeah, I I agree. I'm so grateful that you're doing this and leading the charge. Uh, when can we expect you? And well, I know you've got a lot of work going on with the uh, the tap room. What, do we have an estimate on when you might be uh, uh, doing a ribbon cutting, or is it a while a while, ways away? We just talked to the contractor yesterday, and we're aiming for February 3rd. It's like our soft opening, which is a Saturday. My birthday's on Friday, and if, if we can get it all done, you're invited to come up. We, we won't open officially. We're open all to all the construction guys, everybody behind the scenes who have helped so much to get this open. We're going to party our our uh, <laughs> Namby Pambies <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> oh now, now I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a Namby Pamby beer. <laughs> that, there you go. That, maybe it, it really stands for everything. It stands for everything. You might need to dump on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we we really uh, are so grateful for the work that you're doing, and I look forward to seeing you that in a couple weeks. That's exciting. I didn't know we were that close. That's amazing. We're close. Yes. That's great. Well, get a, get a good uh, skiing weekend in. I hope that uh, you've got some nice. Uh, I hope it's good for the, the cross country skiing. I think it's is it better for it's it's the soft packing snow, right? Because if it's if it gets too icy, then it's not it's not as good to get that those the skis into the snow, right? It's all about what wax you use. Oh. Very technical. Oh, okay. Now now I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll just get. I'm going to buy some snowshoes. I, I'm more of a snowshoer, I think, than a snow a cross country skier. I think that's that's more my speed. Okay. Yeah. 
I like, I like, good. I like clunking through the snow like a big dork. Thank you, Kirk. Have a great evening. Have a wonderful, uh, a wonderful uh, weekend. Uh, I hope that you get everything that uh, you want out of cross country skiing because that just sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. All right. Great, great to talk to you, Patty. Thank you, Kirk. Uh, everyone go to MonacoBrewingCompany.com and follow Kirk on Facebook. Uh, leave him a nice, just for fun, leave him a positive review. It's great beer. You can pick it up in the Chicagoland area. Go to the Patty Vasquez Show page as well to find out where you can gra- grab some brews and woke coffee. All the good stuff. Maybe order a T-shirt, baseball hat, all the great stuff. Take care, Kirk. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. See you later. See you later. Bye. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. This is Chicago's Progressive Talk, 820 AM, WCPT Willow Springs, and online at WCPT820.com, where facts matter. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200 or EuropeanUS.com. Split the party. He wants blue folks and red states to vote green. I can see his point, though. I really gotta say, no, we can't have another 2016. It seems nothing beats orange. Nothing even freaking rhymes with it. What's a battered nation supposed to do? His royal orange highness, he does love to divide us. We gotta stick together and vote blue. When I recycle, I'm green. Green as green can be. To remember, it's us against him. Gotta vote blue. Don't think I'm a hater. I love Ralph Nader. I don't blame him for the mess in Y2K. With those who represent us, I'm playing the percentages. Voting blue down the ticket all the way. When I recycle, I'm green. Green as green can be. And I drive a freaking Prius. Yes, it's true. And it's blue. But when I'm voting this election, the best eco-protection is to kick the orange out. Gotta vote blue. The greens throw all this crazy math at me. But I'm tired of the whole world having a good laugh at me. When I recycle, I'm green, green as green can be, and in the primary I voted for Bernie too, twice, but we need some peace and harmony, so I'm voting for our nominee, and if you need to hold your nose, just do, that's cool, I'll even hold your nose for you, just vote blue, vote blue, vote blue, I'm begging vote you. blue, vote blue. That's right. Steve Goody from his album, What I Did During the Pandemic Vacation. You can go to stevegoody.com. And every Monday we have the virtual comedy show, virtualcomedyshow.com. It's at 9 o'clock central, and we'd love to have you join us. It's a free comedy show. At some point we do pass the hat and beg you for money. And But other than that, you can uh, just enjoy a comedy show from the comedy
comfort of your home. Last week, we had uh, the wonderful Tim Cavanaugh. We've had all kinds of, uh, I, 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 there are so many great comics that have joined us, uh, and I would love to have you come on with us this Monday night. Uh, before I, oh, you know what? Let me play this real quick, because I think our caller might even want to comment on this, because, uh, you know, we have continued, we've, we've been ringing the alarm bell uh, in Chicago and across the country in major cities where Governor Abbott has been sending migrants often not they, without any information, letting them know where they're going, uh, not preparing them for the weather they're going to encounter, uh, leaving a lot of the volunteer groups, church groups, uh, organizations in those cities, primarily Chicago, New York and, and other towns that uh, without any, even letting us know, giving, you know, the heads up, hey, this is where we're going to drop folks off. No, 24-7, they were sending people here, sent a, a private jet to O'Hare Airport. And get what, get, listen to what... Uh, Listen to what Governor Abbott says now about uh, what he's not doing. We are using every tool that can be used from building a border wall to uh, building these uh, border barriers uh, to uh, passing uh, this law that I signed that led to another lawsuit by the Biden administration where I signed a law uh, making it illegal for somebody to enter Texas from another country. Uh, and so and, and they're subject to arrest uh, and subject to deportation. And so we are deploying every tool and strategy that we possibly can. The only thing that we're, we're not doing is we're not uh, shooting people who come across the border uh, because, of course, the Biden administration would charge us with murder. Yeah. You know why? Because it's murder. And by the way, President Biden doesn't charge you with murder. Every, I mean, your local law enforcement agencies would be, would be charging you with murder because to Governor Abbott, and it's not like when I first thought of it, like, because he doesn't think that people of color, brown people coming across the border are human beings. But you know what? He doesn't think that human beings are human beings. It doesn't matter where they come from or why they're crossing that border. It is murder. Oh, my God. I'm so angry. Anyway. So, Roosevelt, I thought you might appreciate that little audio. Not not appreciate it, but you know what I mean. Hey, Roosevelt in Chicago, how you doing? Hey, Patty, thank you for taking my call. I think you need a drink, girl. (laughs) Am I too angry? You're good. You're good. You you sound exactly like me. Hey, let me go back, backtrack on your show when you said about uh, Trump's lawyer. This is what I said this morning on the Spanish station. I said, you know why I'm so so confident that Biden's going to win? I go, because you could count on three things for sure. Trump, he never listens to any experts. Thank God. He never listens to experts. He always picks the worst people for the job. Look to all the lawyers he went through. They were, look, he had one lawyer, the fixer, he wound up in jail. You had Giuliani. He, he, he's, he's, you know, he's hit with $140 million and so on and so on. So remember when he said when he ran, I'm not sure if he when as far as timeline, I'm not sure when he said this, but he says, I always pick the smartest people, the most qualified people for the job. And look at all the people he went through on four years. I don't know what the numbers are, but I'm sure he's, he's really up there as far as how many people uh, w- uh, went through that revolving door. And it doesn't matter what position, yep. with, the, with the exception of one, Ben Carson, he lasted all four years, if, if I'm not mistaken. Am I wrong? I don't know. But I think he, he, yeah. And Jeff Sessions went. All the, yeah. And Jeff Sessions was one of the most loyal ones. He was, I think, one of the first ones to support him. 
So it's ridiculous. So I said that the second thing I said on the Spanish station, first I said he doesn't listen to ex- experts because he says he knows more than the generals. Remember when he said that? So thank God he doesn't listen to experts, first of all. Second of all, he always chooses the wrong people. But last but not least, he always gives himself away. I said it in Spanish. He is one of the worst criminals. He wouldn't He wouldn't be qualifying for a Batman episode because he gives himself away. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, and by the way, I know that you you, you mentioned uh, calling into the the uh, uh, Spanish speaking radio stations. Uh, are, are you is it is it st- con- constantly that uh, pushing the right wing agenda on on those stations? There is an old man, ninety five years old. He's a stone. Republican. He says that all the stuff is drummed up by the Democrats. They created this. They 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 did this. And I always, you know, push him back because the, the gentleman just lost his wife. He's ninety five years old and he's blind. Yeah. But even though he says all these things and then he, and then he directs things towards me, I you know I felt bad for him, so I you know I gave him information on uh, on you know helping him because he said that he was by himself. I felt sad for him. See, that's the thing about us. We have a heart. We have a conscience. We we you know we care about people no matter what. You know, I think he's been brainwashed like that one. uh, Remember that one lady that wrote that book about her father, that he was a Democrat, uh, Roosevelt uh, Democrat. I'm not sure. She's been on the show, uh, uh, Tom Hartman's show. She wrote a book on uh, her father, how he flipped over and he became very, very angry from watching Fox News every single day. So they don't. but, uh, yeah, so, but there's people. Here's the thing that makes me mad about the Spanish station. They never give Biden credit for what he does. It's rare. So I take it upon myself to point out all the things he's done because to them, they don't believe it. And and the worst was when the, the price of gasoline. You couldn't mm. stop them from talking. And then I, I rubbed it in their face. I said, how come I'm the only one that says anything about the price of uh, uh, oil, the gasoline? How come you guys don't say anything about it? And the lady, just like you, gives me the liberty to speak. Sometimes she gives me 20 minutes, Patty. 20 minutes. Not that you should give me 20 minutes. but <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate but, uh, it. Well, but they, they, they consider me a contributor because... They're not up to the, these are the people that are, they're not up to it. They're 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 in tune with their families, their jobs, and everything. Uh, and whatever they pick up, they pick up from Fox News. I wish you I know? spoke Spanish. I, I don't. I can't. I don't. I just have never been able to speak Spanish. Did you hear? Oh. Did you hear? Uh, not fluently, and not to be able to ha- like. I can't, yeah. I, but did you hear a caller today on Tom Hartman's show? Jose called in today and was talking to. Yeah, Tom. that was great. That was well, great. Was- I'm glad you listened to that. Yeah, that's exactly my point. And he was from Chicago. Yes, a broken English. Yeah, but yeah, he's he he is in tune with everything. And whatever he said, I mean, everything that he said is true. They're not in. That's exactly what I'm saying. They're not in on the end. But, but he the said, information, not not just that, but the way he put it, and what Tom was struck by was that they don't they don't understand how our you know people don't understand how our system even works. Exactly, and it's what and oh, not, just, not just Spanish speakers. A lot of people are driven away from politics because yeah. they see us but arguing about it, and they don't get why we're so enraged by what's happening. Daddy. Yes, you know why? You know why? Because they're used to Mexico's president. 
That's why, because they don't understand the, the triangle, meaning there's three three branches of government. But, Patty, I'm going to give you a lot of hope because I repeat it on a weekly basis, at least once a week, how this government works. And then, and then they think that Biden, I go, because when they say, oh, he's spending all this money in the war, I go, he's not spending a penny that uh, the House of Reps doesn't give him. I go, they got to okay it. And then I, I constantly repeat it till it sinks in. They think that Biden could do anything he wants because there's, that's what it's been for 75 years in Mexico with uh, Bernie Sanders that we got now. That's the difference because this guy is given. So there was never Social Security in Mexico. This guy's the first one that did it. My uncle's getting it all the way from Mexico. And he's 91, 93, I think. Right. Anyway, but anyway, don't don't lose hope because, you know, oh, I might. Do you have a one? 30, yep. 30, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Go for it. Here's a good one for you. I had a knucklehead last week that corrected me because I made mistakes. I don't practice Spanish, so I make a lot of mistakes when I have a conversation with anybody in Spanish, including my mother. She corrects me, which I don't mind. So so this knucklehead, I spoke about 20 minutes on everything. Do you know what he criticized me for? Mm-hmm. Because I made a mistake. I reversed. I, I said that it was his son-in-law when I should have said his father-in-law. And for that, so you know what I did? I called up. I said, I want to thank you. I uh, thank that gentleman. I go, the reason I want to thank him is he didn't criticize me for what I spoke about 20 minutes. He didn't, he didn't say anything negative. So he's got to attack me personally. And in my opinion, I'm not going to apologize because I make mistakes. That guy never called again. And that was a week or two weeks ago. Wow. That's the only criticism he had of me. No, I'm right. going to make mistakes in Spanish a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I make them in English, too. By I was going to say, I make mistakes in English, too. Yeah. No, that, I, I'm glad that you are, you know, speaking up. And I, and I hope Jose is also calling those stations. Uh, uh, you know, if we have more voices saturated. Now, did you, you said there's someone who's 95 years old on the station. Is he a caller or a host? Because that gives me hope. He's a, call, he's a, call, he's a I'm sorry. He's, he's a caller, but he's a stone Republican, stone Trumper. And I always buck, we buck. We bump heads a lot with respect. And and to me, he's been brainwashed. He's exactly the example of what that lady's book was. I think it's a, a documentary about her where her, right. her father was, a, like I said, a Democrat. And he flipped completely from watching uh, Fox News every day on the day. You, you, you're going to be brainwashed because you hear this thing. And, you, and the repetition, you mentioned that, too. The re- repetitiveness of Fox News, they start to believe it. Yep. And then you don't hear from the Democrats. And that's exactly my, Jose's point. Jose's point is that they're, the Democrats are not good at selling themselves. Yeah, that was exactly what he said. I agree with that. Yep. Well, that's I've got to run because now I'm going to I have to see if these breaks will go before uh, we end the show. Thank you so much, Roosevelt. Have a great night. Let's take this last break and we'll come back in just a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Oh, this turned out okay. We've got about a minute left. Lady B, uh, we can we tell folks that you're going to be taking a break again after Tuesday? Yes. After Tuesday, I'll be having my final last surgery. Um, they're going to do reconstruction uh, on, on my left side and then on my right side will be a reduction. Okay. So I'll be out uh, 
bit. Probably anywhere from six to twelve weeks. Oh my god, on my recovery, Lady B. I don't know. Yeah. Gonna be that, that, that makes sense. <gasps> okay, yeah. so we're gonna see your beautiful face on Tuesday. Yes, and then uh, we're gonna we wish you the very best and that you rest. Thank and you. I'm gonna make a list of things for you to binge watch. Yes, please. <laughs> I need. Um, Anything. <laughs> I think this is, and how, and in general, I know folks want to know how, you, how you've been feeling. I've been, I've been good. I've been good. Because you've been taking care of yourself too and pacing yourself. Yes. I'm taking my time and, 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 um, just taking my time. One day, having, one day time. Having fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's the best. Well, we will uh, well, I'll see you on Tuesday. Tomorrow, Dan Schaefer is filling in for me. I think Paul Shavaro will be producing. and uh, But I'll, I'll have a little bit of a... Uh, we're doing an interview with the White House tomorrow. Uh, I can't remember which secretary. Uh, was it economics, maybe? Matt told me we're doing an interview with the White House. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Everyone have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Again, Dan Schaefer will be in for me for most of the show. And looking forward to the conversations that he has as well. More... Uh, more if we come back. That's that's it. Devil's Advocates up next. Love you, Lady B. Uh, stay tuned after that for Matt McNeil as well. Bye.